Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Yes, it is. Yep, we are glad to be back. Mm-hmm. We are um, self-quarantined right now. <laughs> uh, we are practicing social distancing, and we hope that you are too. Oh, gosh. Look, you know, whenever President Trump came on, and I think he did a great job in his little five-minute you know, television appearance the other night. Uh, but I thought, man, now that President Trump has spoken, the whole world is going to think, like, this thing is for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Trump has spoken, like, in, like, this is something we need to be concerned about. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Boy, like, was I yeah, wrong. In our world, it goes from, uh, you know, it's a conspiracy and China's trying to kill us all. To you, we all need to be wearing uh, masks and gloves everywhere we go kind of deal. I mean, it's just two completely different paradigms, and I'm not sure how we as pastors can rest in the middle of it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. If you are indeed self-quarantined this week, and you need something to do, and you haven't caught up on our past episodes, let me tell you, you should catch up on our past episodes. (laughs) There's no better way to fight off the coronavirus. Somebody posted uh, on Facebook or somewhere, it was like, you know, since the college has got an extra week of spring break, they were like, Netflix is going to die. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be overrun. Yeah, exactly. So enough about the coronavirus. That's right. We want to begin with something more important, and that is (laughs) we have a rating and review we want to read out. Yeah, we Uh, do. So and received, some other comments. And some other, yeah, 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 that's so. good. So we received a review, and it is from r slash t23, and it's titled "So Far So Good." Uh, he must not he, have gotten very far. Well, he got through season one. It gets worse, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, which means he might not hear this for a while. Um, anyway, he said, "Just finished season one after being turned on to it by David Haynes and his Ministry Marks <laughs> podcast." Side note: Good podcast to so check out. Ministry Marks with yeah, uh, David Haynes. That's and, right. Uh, Thomas Major. So That's right. good variety and interesting topics, even for the layperson thus far. A bit irreverent at times, <laughs> but feels like conversations and rabbit trails that come out of sitting around the fellowship hall chatting. Yeah. So Ryan says, what are you going to say to this guy that says we're irreverent? I said, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to respond That's to that. It. But That's it. Yes, sir. Well, uh, you know, one of our first comments was that it felt like we were sitting down at Cracker Barrel talking, and now we've moved to the Fellowship Hall, so perhaps we're getting more reverent. Yeah, so that same week, though, I get a a text message from a friend of ours who's been on the show with Mm -hmm. Lewis, and he said uh, that I sound fighty. Yeah. I've never heard that word before. Fighty, fighty. Uh-huh. But uh, but I don't know if a certain podcast maybe we were irreverent and fighty. I don't but, know, uh, John. I'll keep here telling we are. you. In fact, I think if you noticed in our in our uh, show notes a while back, the title of the or the I show know, note of the I show was that. that John hates our listeners. <laughs> so that might have been the one. Yeah, that's great. maybe it was. Well, uh, we are starting a new series today. And we're going to... This makes how many series? I think we have four or five, something like that. Yeah. Why not? Because we're serious. <laughs> yeah. You like that? Uh, yep. Uh, so anyway, our new series is going to be on preaching. Yeah, and we don't have a good title we for it. We don't have it. Uh, we talked about... Um, preaching what you preaching? Preaching, pre, pre, preach, preach, and preach. I don't yeah. know. We, but it's going to be on preaching. We'll come up with something uh, nice when we you know have time to sit down yeah. and... Think about it. So what our, what our thought preach, is, preach is that we're going to go through different styles of preaching. So That's right. uh, we're gonna we're gonna take just some time and go through uh, different ways your pastor may be preaching if mm-hmm. you're not a pastor. 
and and I hope as you as you hear these different types of preaching, you'll say, "Hey, that's that's the style that my pastor uses," or mm-hmm. uh, "That's the style that uh, that I grew up under," or that's something right. like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but also as pastors. Uh, I hope maybe you are challenged in the way that you're preaching. That's right. And uh, because all of us are going to, we, we have a style of preaching that I think comes as a result of, uh, of our own studies, mm-hmm. our personalities even, right. I think, mm-hmm. lend into this. Uh, but but we all have a style, and obviously we believe that style is better than other styles. That's right. Or we wouldn't yeah. have that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think as we begin, we really need to lay on the table our presuppositions about what what we believe about preaching, because even today we're going to talk about a preaching style that is not our style. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we just need to be honest at the front and say, Hey, this is not our style. And so we may, we may approach this topic a little bit slanted. Right. Right. And we want to, we want to try to avoid that a little bit. Um, but anyway, so we both uh, come into, come to preaching with a high view of preaching. Uh, I think uh, both of us, I don't know, I'm speaking for John here a little bit, uh, but the second Helvetica Confession of Faith says that the preach word is the word of God. In other words, when the man of God stands up and opens the word of God and presents that word of God, then God works in it and through it yeah. for the salvation of human beings. Sure. Yeah. We, we have that. Um, a great book I'm preaching is called The Moment of Truth. Uh, by Wayne McDill, and this is his mindset of when yeah. we stand up to preach, that is the moment of truth, and yeah. eternity hangs in the balance. Yeah. So we hold those views. Because of that, both of us uh, are going to lead more toward expository preaching. Sure, yeah. And 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 even in preaching, our styles are very different, I believe. That's correct. And, uh, and I'll even preach from an Ikea table, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Done a lot of talk about that That's right. That's <laughs> lately. Right. You know, I don't necessarily have to be behind a pulpit. Uh, and so we have differences in those things. But generally speaking, we believe the best practice of preaching is to open a book of the Bible mm-hmm. and go through either sections of it right. or its entirety. That's another area where you and I have, we differ a little bit. Right, uh, that's correct. But, but today, you need to hear this discussion on topical preaching. That's right understanding that we're not topical preachers. Right, or that's not our that's not our steady diet of right, preaching, it's not. right? We do. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, let's get into what is topical preaching. And we want to kind of begin first with a dead man and then okay. and then uh, John's going to give us a uh, a more modern definition. Okay. All right. This dead man comes from John Broadus, who is the first preaching professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the four founders of the seminary as well. The Southern Baptist The Southern Baptist Theological, Theological seminary. seminary, now meeting offline. <laughs> yeah. Um and it, he says topical subject sermons are those in which the divisions are derived from the subject. The topic may be derived from the text, but the division comes before the subject. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the 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 more contemporary definition will play off of that and give us something to talk about. It, and it says a topical sermon is one in which the subject is chosen, and the Bible as a whole is researched on that topic. The content and form owe more to the topic than to any one passage of Scripture. Topical preachers usually begin their sermon by choosing a topic and then developing it in depth and with the aid of the Word. Mm -hmm. So uh, for us, the way I kind of like to begin to think about topical sermons is is where you begin. So where are you starting? For us, we're going to take, like for right now, I'm taking the book of Acts. So I'm going to start mm-hmm. for this Sunday, Acts chapter 4, right. verse 1. That's where I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. My topic is going to be derived from Acts chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Topical preaching takes a topic, let's say 
uh, marriage, mm-hmm. and then it searches the word for its insights into that topic of marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's a it's a question for me, just generally speaking, of where are you beginning? That's right. That's right. And when we talk about topical preaching, uh, any type of preaching can be done well and can be done poorly. Sure. And so we want to. <laughs> we I, both know that. That's very right. Well. That's very true. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, John Broadison's son-in-law, A. T. Robertson, one of the first Greek professors uh-huh. at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary said the one way that we can know that the Bible is true is that it has withstood so much bad preaching. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I think there's some helpful safeguards we need to put around topical preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because when we talk about topical preaching, we can certainly spend the rest of this podcast bashing it with yeah, bad examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could equally do that through expository preaching as well. Yeah, and again, I go back to something you said that we don't need to we don't need to go over we don't need to miss over. I guess is that that you and I preach the way we have described. Mm-hmm. Generally, generally, but right. there are times in our in our ministries where we need to preach on deacon selection. That's right. Yeah. There are times where we need to preach on difficulties because of circumstances. When we preach a funeral, we're preaching a topical That's sermon, right? Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We're starting with the idea of hope mm-hmm. or death or whatever. Right, so, right. Uh, so we're not we're not anti-topical. It's just not our common. It's, uh, our it's common not our style. Style. So, but you're right. We do need to start with some safeguards, and I think the first safeguard that we need to approach when we're considering topical preaching is is that the topic itself, the subject that mm-hmm. we're preaching on, must be biblical. That's right. In other words, it must be it must be preached. Under the authority of Scripture, yeah, uh, it cannot be something that we're using Scripture as kind of a as just kind of an add-in. No, it is it is the authority by which we preach. Sure. So I, I use the the topic of marriage because mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest one. Yeah, that's a good one. Certainly, we could say marriage is a biblical topic. That's right. I mean, from the beginning of time, mm-hmm. Genesis, we can see the uh, the picture of husband and wife. It's encouraged, even in the New Testament, you could go to passages there and see mm-hmm. how husbands and wives are supposed to relate right. with one another. Uh, that is a biblical topic. Mm-hmm. So so whenever we're talking about topical preaching, we need to make sure that it is biblical. Right, a biblical right. theme, a biblical subject. And, and, the, and, the, and the sermon itself is true to the integrity of the authority of the Bible. For right, example, yeah, yeah. we we can look from Genesis to Revelation and see the picture of what marriage is. Right. And if right. we come to a passage in Genesis about uh, Abraham having more than one wife and yeah, we preach yeah, that yeah, polygamy yeah. is good, yeah. well, we're getting away from the authority of Scripture in that way. Yeah, sure. Which kind of leads to our second It does second lead one. to the second one. The second one, not only must it be biblical, but secondly, it must be true to its contextual meaning. Correct. So, a lot of times, and we see this in our society, I think, mm-hmm. a great deal, where yeah. people will take uh, uh, something that they agree with or that they like mm-hmm. in life, and they'll go find a verse of Scripture to support their ignorance. That's right. And that's sometimes right. that's the way topical preaching that's can right. be perceived. Yeah, if we begin preaching on the book of Nehemiah about them building a wall, and we say, this is why we need a wall at our southern border, <laughs> yeah. that's that's not what that passage is talking about. Yeah. You you may be able Which to make a case. Done. That's right, that's right. And you may be able to argue a case for building a wall at our southern border, whatever. Right. But you're not going to be able to do it from the book of Nehemiah. That's right. And Just you know because what? they both have walls, right? Yeah, I mean, I, and I'll say this too about all of our preaching. No matter if we're doing we're doing it expository or we're doing it topical, 
uh, this this brings fear and trembling to me. Yeah, uh-huh. to think that I might mishandle mm-hmm. the word of God. Right, right. And that's significant. That's something we need to consider. Yeah, that that's one of the things that Paul tells Timothy. Right, we ought yeah. to rightly divide, rightly handle the yeah. word of yeah. truth. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things that this is coming from my Simeon Trust mm-hmm. uh, uh, course that I just finished. Uh, where do you begin? Do you begin with trying to find application for today, or mm-hmm. do you begin with trying to find the context in which it was written in? Yeah. Many of us immediately want to go to the application for today, mm-hmm. and and we need to begin with what was the con- the question of context before we go with the question of application. Right. You see what I'm right. saying? Yeah. The question of context will lead you to the application, That's right. mm-hmm. but the question of context must be first. That's right. Must we be got, we got to understand that context. That's right. That's right. So it which must then, be biblical. It must be within contextual meaning. And that leads to the third one, which is it must be gospel-centered. And I love, uh, I have a, a book, The Handbook of Contemporary Preaching, and in here, uh, Francis Rousseau has a chapter on topical preaching, and he says concerning uh, a topical sermon uh, being preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus, he says here, failure to include and highlight the gospel does not disqualify the sermon as a topical sermon. It simply disqualifies it as a sermon at all. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, And I would say not only in our sermons, but in our gathering together, it has to be gospel centered. I mean, everything that we do from the from the proclamation of the pulpit for us as pastors, uh, for you as lay people hearing those sermons, mm-hmm. from the worship leadership that we have inside of our time as well, it has to be gospel centered, or it's not worship at all. That's right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I we use that word a lot, you know, especially as a convention, as a Southern mm-hmm. Baptist convention, we've been talking about gospel centered right, right. a lot, mm-hmm. and so uh, we need to maintain that as a denomination, I think, but also in our pulpit. That's right. to maintain it as well. So let's go ahead and, and start with some of the disadvantages of topical preaching. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the greatest disadvantages to topical preaching is is that you can skip uh, certain harder doctrines and texts. That's right. So mm-hmm. uh, there are things I don't necessarily like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we've mentioned these before, like end times, right? right? So mm-hmm. I might avoid revelation, but if you're going to be true to the book of Matthew, mm-hmm. you've got to acknowledge you gotta, end times. you got to deal right? with Matthew so, 24, right? That's right. So, so you know, if you're doing topical preaching, you can just say, well, I'm never going to address that issue. Right. Uh, homosexuality would be one mm-hmm. of the topics that we don't really want to address. Right. Or... We may address it every week. That's it. Yeah. Right. Uh So it goes kind of both ways. You can you can avoid difficult topics, or you can just stay on your soapbox week after week after week after week, and people get tired of hearing that. That's right. I think that's a disadvantage. So uh, topical preaching is going to to lend more toward us going toward where we feel most comfortable. It is. Yeah. Uh, And that can be that can be a negative. Uh, Secondly, uh, topical preaching can can lend itself to subjectivity. We can pick a topic that we want. And then we can almost twist the text to fit that topic. Yeah, sure. It, it doesn't fit quite, but if I push it just enough, it'll fit in. Yeah, this is that question of uh, what does this what does this verse say to me? Yeah, kind uh-huh, of deal. Right. And again, that goes back to what's your first question? Is it a is it a question of application mm-hmm. or is it a question of context? That's right. And 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 sometimes the subjectivity says, well, how does this how does this verse make me feel in relation to the topic mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Right. And sometimes it may not fit. And so a disadvantage again is, uh, is subjectivity to that. So, yep. And last but not least, uh, one of the disadvantages is that topical preaching, uh, can, can be human centered. In other words, we're beginning with ourselves, we're beginning with our congregation and we're not beginning with what does God have to say? That's right. Instead, we're beginning with yeah. that to me part. That's right. right. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 
we're going to talk about the advantages in just a moment, and we're going to see that one of the advantages is also this human center. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but it, the, the the recognition of the humanity inside of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it becomes too much of uh, how how can you be a better person? Right. Uh-huh. How can you live your life better? How can you get your best life now? That's right. And, right? It, and it tends to be more modern psychology. That's it can, right. it can yeah. tend to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, not, certainly, not everyone who's preaching topical preachings is is Norman Vincent Peale, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Joel Olstein. Yeah. But um, you do see you you do see that that it is easy to fall into that trap, which is why those guardrails at the beginning help keep you yeah. safe if you are going to choose to be what's, topical. What's the phrase that uh, that was used over and over again in the last few years? Therapeutic deism. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's kind of therapeutic deism. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what that's kind of what your preaching becomes if you're yeah. not careful. That's right. That's so. right. So let's talk about some advantages. We we've, we've kind of beat it down a little bit. Let's build it back up a little. Okay, bit. Okay, so I think I think one of the advantages is you can address. Timely topics. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. there are things like, for example, uh, today, uh, this Sunday, uh, we're in the midst of uh, of this coronavirus mm-hmm. scare. Yeah, uh, that you you can address why we as believers shouldn't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've 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 already died. Yeah, that's right. right. So I mean, uh, we already know, caught we already caught the virus of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly uh, right. Don't, don't so I mean, that. you know, <laughs> so it, it does it does allow you to 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 speak to timely topics, right? Yeah. Um, and I, and I think this is a great advantage. So you can speak to uh, political issues that are right before you. Right. You know, you can preach to social issues in your in your congregation, in yeah. your community. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, timely and so, and and that's sometimes sometimes it is more biblically faithful to uh, to preach topically than it is to not. Yeah, right. I, I think there are moments. That's yeah. Right. So for example, um, a while back. Um, when uh, when uh, the Sandy Hook shooting happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a close pastor friend of mine uh, who that Sunday uh, he 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 addressed yeah. what this this idea of the loss of innocence, mm-hmm. and he felt like he felt like especially if you're in in Connecticut or around that area, right, How do you right. come in and you preach on something else? I mean, how do you sure. not how do you yeah, not talk right. about that? Right, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and what you're showing is you're showing that the Bible is relevant to the issues we face today. That's right. And and you know I, I don't I, again. The presupposition was this is not the way we preach, right? right. So we all understand that. Uh, but but one of my friends on Facebook, Chase Owen, mm-hmm. uh, he 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 preaches verse by verse through the books of the Bible. Yeah, I and mean, this is the way he does it. And he says on, on Facebook today, uh, this Sunday morning, the passage of scripture that he's going to use verse by verse through mm-hmm. the book of the Bible is First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen, which says, "Rejoice always." Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, mm-hmm. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. <clears throat> and it's so interesting that even if you're not topical, mm-hmm. there are times that your expository preaching it's, lends itself to the current that's situation. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, but 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 this is a advantage. <laughs> See, I took us away from it. There, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't mean to do that. That's it. But that, that's a, that's a good advantage is that you can address you those can timely address timely. Topics. And the second advantage is is that uh, is that you're dealing with felt needs. Yeah. And, and you know, again, this felt needs thing might take you to the human centered. Uh, but you may see in your community, uh, as it is in mine, that alcoholism is killing families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you may see, as in my community, that the family is under attack. Marriage is yeah. under mm-hmm. attack. Um, you, there, there are things that you can look into your community. Maybe it's racism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you can say, man, these are ills that need to be addressed. Right. Uh, or you can even, I've seen people that have asked their congregation, Yeah. Uh-huh. you know, what are, what are what are you dealing with? Right, kind what of are the issues. That you what are some issues about? that you're dealing with, and then and then you're able to see those through mm-hmm. from the pulpit. That's right. And and a good example of this is on Easter, right? What do your people yeah. need to hear on Easter? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. There are there are thousands of great. There, we have a Bible full of yeah. great passages. 
But on Easter, your people need to be reminded of the truth That's of the right. resurrection. That's right. Uh, and and those people visiting that aren't coming, they need to hear the blessed hope of the resurrection. There's no doubt. No so doubt. this is a that's a good time for us to really meet those needs because yeah. people are looking for answers. That's right. And God has spoken them. Yeah. And for us not to address them would be would be a mismanagement yeah. of of the pulpit. And, and two, I think your people come to Easter expecting to hear about the resurrection. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not, but I think they do. That's so, it. So the third advantage and the last advantage uh, this morning is that uh, it allows you an opportunity for deeper study. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean by that. So so if you're talking about, uh, if, you're, if you're going through the book by book thing like we do, and you go to Acts chapter 2, you're going to address the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it may be in your congregation, you feel like, you need more than that one Sunday to address the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you're doing topical, you can spend as much time on the Holy Spirit as you deem necessary for right. the sake of your people. Mm-hmm. And that allows you a deeper right. study mm-hmm. than maybe uh, just a cursory covering. That's right. And, and, and also you can, you can do, you can do uh, more theological teaching in this, right? You can. Right. So topical preaching can lend itself to doing biblical theology. That's right. Yeah. So what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? Well, let's address yeah. This yeah. from Genesis to Revelation. That's Let me right. show you the grand theme of Scripture, how it deals with this topic, right. whether it's yeah. marriage, the Holy Spirit, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's a good way to introduce your people to biblical theology. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and and while we're doing it, we're just not doing it systematically mm-hmm. like you'd be doing if you're going through if you're going right. through particular subjects. That's it. So that's it. those are some advantages. And and again, this is this is not our preaching style, but uh, there are there are great advantages mm-hmm. to preaching this way. Yep. So as we kind of wrap up this idea of, uh, of topical preaching, uh, kind of what's your last word on topical preaching? Uh, I'd say do it mm-hmm. sometimes. Do it sometimes. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's my last word. Do I, it I would sometimes. say for, for me, my belief is that the, the, the healthy, a healthy diet of preaching uh, is going to be expository preaching yeah. through, the, through books of the Bible. That's a healthy diet, mm-hmm. but sprinkled in is going to be topical sermons. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's a good mediating position. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for us to hold mediating positions instead of being, uh, you know, being this is the way and the only way that it can be done. Uh, one of the articles that I pulled for today that we didn't use uh, is an article um, by Mark Dever, and Mark Dever, of course, says, a mark of a healthy church is a church that has expositional preaching. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, yes, indeed. But I don't know that, uh, that churches that don't preach that way are all unhealthy. Right. right? Yeah. So I think a good mediating position is a good place to stand. That's right. All right. Well, John, what are you reading? All right. So, uh, I'm reading, uh, the religious affections by Jonathan Edwards, because mm-hmm. that's the book that you've chosen for yep. us to read mm-hmm. in our book club. And, uh, that one is, uh, I've only gotten through, the authors, I've, I've gotten through the preface of the book and then the author's preface, which yeah. was Jonathan Edwards' original preface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm also reading Christ-Centered Biblical Theology by, I don't know how to say this guy's name either. I, I'm awful with saying names of authors, but it's mm. G-R-A-E-M-E. I don't know. I don't, and his last name is Goldsworthy. I can say that. Uh, this was one of the books that was on the book list for uh, the Simeon Trust course that mm. I took, and so I picked it up and I'm going to read it. And I'm still yeah. reading Mississippi Mud, working my way slowly through. The, yeah, that'll be fun. Through, <laughs> through the uh, Dixie Mafia book. Yeah. So, uh, but that's good. What about you? What you reading? Fun, fun. Well, I am reading The Religious Affections by Jonathan Edwards. Yeah, yeah. I just finished for uh, for my one of my seminars. I just finished reading Mere Christianity again. Uh, that's such a good book. Uh, Lewis is is just yeah. at, at his best. Um, also, I just finished reading Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Mm-hmm. I'd never read that, mm-hmm. and 
and he's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun read. He was um, one of those people that if you could, you could uh, beat him in the fight. That's Remember right. That we uh-huh. asked which that's theologian right. could you fight. That's right. Um, and then he's a big boy. Uh, he's a big boy. That's right. But that does mean that if he gets one hit on you, you're down. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so or anyway, if he sits on you. that's true. That's See, true. this is the irreverence. This is the irreverence that's coming in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but it's calculated irreverence, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then last but not least, I am uh, beginning uh, Christianity and Liberalism by Jay Gresham Mitchell. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's you awesome. have to fit right in there. Yeah, that's right. All right. Because <laughs> that's what this podcast is. Me, Christianity, and you, Liberalism. So, um, Ikea tables. That's right. All right. Well, we do appreciate you guys. We appreciate our reviews. We really do love our listeners. We, we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you. If you do like this podcast, if it's been a benefit to you, share it with a friend. Um, give us a review on iTunes. And uh, send us a message. We'd, lo- we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if not, we will see you next time. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church. And remember one day... She will be perfected in glory.